My name is Barbara Ann Dworetsky. I am the chief of epilepsy at Brigham and Women's Hospital and a professor of neurology at Harvard Medical School. In this podcast today, I'll be speaking to you about some of the diagnostic challenges regarding psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. There are many challenges with diagnosing psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. The main one, I believe, is us, the clinician. First of all, believing that this is a real disorder affecting real patients and worth understanding and becoming competent in, I think is is a big challenge for many clinicians who are uncomfortable, frankly, with patients with this disorder. Suspecting the diagnosis early and being transparent about what you're thinking about the patient and the language that you use to convey it and explain it is challenging for many. And it's something that should be taught and learned and um, you know practiced. Another challenge related to us is our own cognitive biases and errors. One of these, important one, is assuming that if there are psychiatric risk factors in your patient, that it must be functional or psychogenic. And that's just not the case. Just because uh, the patient looks like they have a voluntary control over the problem doesn't mean that they are doing it on purpose. And that's challenging for clinicians. Another big challenge is that patients know how we feel about them. And it's important to obtain an adequate history, which requires listening to the patient. And this can take some time. Many of us are very pressed for time in our clinical appointments, patients. And it's challenging to not cut the patient off or move forward with assumptions. And this is a big problem for this disorder. Many patients have seen another healthcare provider and they may not trust you if you're the second or third one and may disregard and not give you the history that is needed to make the diagnosis. A big challenge is suspecting this diagnosis in just about everyone you see early on so that you can really be broad enough in your differential to get it right and not have to backtrack. Another big diagnostic challenge is establishing the diagnosis for certain. After all, seizures are transient phenomena, and it's different than if somebody has a functional movement disorder or a functional weakness that's just there in front of you, and you can demonstrate, for example, a Hoover sign in the leg. With seizures, there may be not having them in front of you, and they may not be able to get to a monitoring unit because of access or lack of specialists or lack of funds or lack of ability to organize their life to get there. Or the events may be super infrequent and capturing one is not so easy, kind of like a watch pot never boils. Uh, Another challenge is that patients may have epilepsy as well. This is not the most common, but uh, about 10 to 20% of patients may have both and that can be a much more challenging situation. If patients are on an anti-seizure medication, it's very challenging to have to undo a diagnosis of epilepsy. 
especially if it was made by a trusted clinician and a life was lived a long time with this diagnosis. There's a paper by Marcus Ruber that suggests that somewhere between 16 and 23% of patients in the outpatient sector of neurology have a mistaken diagnosis of epilepsy. That's a pretty astoundingly high number. Testing. Our tests are, challenge us. None of the tests are really pathognomonic for psychogenic seizures. In fact, you can have a normal EEG and have epilepsy, a normal MRI and have epilepsy. You can have an abnormal EEG or MRI and have PNES, psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. Ordering a test to help make the diagnosis is problematic. The tests can help as a part of many facets, but for an EEG, for example, a test is more helpful for prognosticating whether someone will have a second epileptic seizure and less helpful to make a diagnosis. In fact, it's probably more likely that you would get to a wrong diagnosis if you just rely on an abnormal test. Not having a provoking event right before this happens may lead people to believe it's not PNES, for example. And then by no means the last thing to consider as a challenge, but the video EEG, which is supposedly the gold standard to make this diagnosis, if you have access to it, can be challenging if not used correctly. So patient may not have an event while they're monitored, or we may not be able to tell what it is, like an indeterminate diagnosis, if either the EEG is obscured by a lot of movement or the event just is not able to happen while they're in the hospital or in an ambulatory setting. So these are the main challenges that I think about. They're not the only ones. Neurologists and other clinicians can overcome uh, many of these challenges by, first of all, believing that this is a disorder in need of their help, not just to make the diagnosis and move them along. It's not something that will just go away by making the diagnosis. And importantly, when you're interacting with a patient, to listen and be curious and develop that really critical rapport that you would do with any patient with any disorder and use your talking to kind of clarify what the patient is saying. That shows that you're interested, that you're really trying to get to the right diagnosis. Another thing that you can do to overcome the challenges that I had mentioned earlier is to be mindful of your own biases. And our brains do this on a regular basis, to try to set them aside and keep an open mind to the patient in front of you, even if you think you know the diagnosis you know, immediately. We're trained as physicians in medicine to hear things and then get right to the diagnosis. That really is uh, part of the training. But as you know from many other disorders, that also can mislead you anchor on the incorrect diagnosis, and then it's not at all helpful. So that very first encounter with the patient is critical. You want the patient to 
begin to develop a trust and not feel judged or stigmatized. So your language is very important. If they become guarded to not tell you something because of the way you ask a question, that can really make establishing the diagnosis and getting the patient into the treatment they need very, very difficult, if not impossible. Another really important way to overcome the challenge of uh, diagnosis is to really hold off on your urge to start the anti-seizure medication. Are you sure that you have the right diagnosis? For some reason, many clinicians are more worried about not treating a potential epileptic seizure than they are from making a mistaken diagnosis. And I think that that is problematic for this disorder and quite challenging. Trying to undo the diagnosis of epilepsy with someone who's on a medication, it can be extraordinarily difficult if not impossible, and you may lose the patient and they may go to someone else who will just keep continuing to prescribe a medication that may be actually causing some of the symptoms that they're noticing. Maintaining contact with the patient, especially if they're not yet buying in to your diagnosis and getting to treatment, or if you haven't gotten a definitive diagnosis, is another way to mitigate the challenge that you may face feeling uncomfortable. One very important point to help overcome these challenges is if you do hear about an abnormal test that was performed and the patient is, is focused on that or anchored on that idea, try to obtain that test. Look at it yourself. Tell the patient that, yes, you see what they were pointing to. So often the, those findings are either circled or pointed to with an arrow. And so that you've looked at the primary data. That shows you're interested. That shows you're really thinking about them. And it will really help go a long way. It's not perfect, but it will help uh, your patient realize that you're trying to get to the right diagnosis. If you yourself find it very difficult to work with these patients, either explaining the diagnosis or making a diagnosis, there's plenty of education available online with really excellent websites, the nonepilepticseizures.com, the neurosymptoms.org, many ways to help your patient and help educate yourself so that we, after all, do no harm. The key take-home message for neurologists or any clinician who comes in contact with a patient with functional neurologic disorders such as psychogenic non-epileptic seizures is to suspect the disorder early at the very first encounter by taking a really good history and developing rapport like you always do with every patient that you come in contact with. These are critical to establishing the diagnosis. Be very mindful of why you are ordering your test and what the result needs to be before you initiate treatment. And Resist, if you can, prescribing an anti-seizure medication if you are not certain that the patient has epilepsy. It's very challenging to get them off this medication, 
especially if they tell you it worked. So it's not unusual for you, you prescribe a medication and it has this effect like it helps them, whether it works through other mechanisms besides from treating seizures, you know, treating mood disorder or whatnot, or just having a placebo effect. That is a very important point to remember. And as I mentioned, educate everyone on this very common, very disabling disorder. Thank you for listening to this podcast today. For more information, you can click on the link below.